0: Royce White taking shots at Jared Dudley saying Carmelo Anthony is
1: better than he is. And a revolt averted with new details from the Donald Sterling saga. And we get a little bit sartorial. We're gonna give
0: you the five best jerseys in the NBA. It is the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's do this. are locked on the NBA part of the locked on podcast network Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast from. And on Wednesday, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast.
1: And I'm John Corrales. I'm the co-host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John. So, John, before we jump into the NBA topics that we're going to make a thing in the, in the
0: middle of August here, have you eaten the Popeye's chicken sandwich that everyone's talking about on Twitter?
1: No, I have not. I, I see the, all, everybody fighting over it, but I have not gotten to that yet.
0: Have you? Yeah, actually, I have a couple of times. It's pretty good. I won't lie. Uh, but figured, since, again, it's August. There's not a whole you know lot what? to
1: talk about. I, I'm sure Chick-fil-A is fine. I people go so nuts for Chick-fil-A like it's something so extraordinarily special that I I can't not eat it and I've never had it it's it's not there's no possible way it can be that good like yeah it's all of these things have
0: a lot of hype and I think we're probably hitting the cycle in this where like all chicken sandwiches are about to be overrated and terrible but I don't know you're gonna give this one a try it's It's literally good Everyone's been talking about on Twitter, which I guess oh, is I what happens in in August here. But we do have some other things to talk about, really? namely Royce White getting into the media yesterday taking shots out of nowhere kind of at Jared Dudley. Poor Jared Dudley that just doesn't need this shade being thrown at him. Basically coming <laughs> out and saying, what, what is LeBron doing? How come he's not bringing his banana boat companions onto the Lakers? You're going to have Jared Dudley when Carmelo Anthony is available, which has let off this thing. So they were like twittering back and forth with all of that, which, yeah, it's going to happen if I were Jared Dudley. I'd be pissed about this too. So the question to you, Question to everybody listening right now is, is Carmelo Anthony better to have on a team than Jared Dudley?
1: Yeah, well, is he, is he better to have on a team? No. Jared, I'd rather have Jared Dudley 10 times out of 10 at this stage of their careers. Carmelo Anthony would probably waste Jared Dudley in a one-on-one contest. He's had, obviously, a much more remarkable career. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. But now, today... in the end of August 2019, I want nothing to do with Carmelo Anthony. He's done. He's washed. Forget it. You've seen it happen. He's been jettisoned from, what, three different teams with three different styles, with three different roles, three different coaches. None of them want him around. You shouldn't want him around. It doesn't mean that it's not shade on his career. It's not. It's the only thing you can say is, he hasn't exactly handled the end of his career gracefully, but it's his career. He could do what he wants, and this is what it's gotten him. I don't want him on my team. It's over for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, it, it,
0: it's weird, because in a vacuum, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Carmelo is a better player than Jared Dudley. But we don't sure. exist in a vacuum, in and va- in, 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 in basketball's not played in a vacuum. Like, there's no doubting that. There's just... a a place for certain guys and Dudley has a place that was a guy I think was probably wanted by a number of teams this past offseason and brings a lot of value maybe more so than his play on the court and I think that's an important thing to kind of consider particularly when you're filled with a, a roster with young guys he acts as that mentor that veteran leader and embraces that role and that's not something we really know Carmelo Anthony to do I think we've heard rumors that Carmelo wouldn't even accept a bench role or come off the bench and that's kind of a problem because you're building a team, not just building around one guy, and maybe you could do that about uh, around Carmelo Anthony at one point, but now? like, No, if, he, if there was a spot for him, he'd be in the NBA. I think we've seen some of these end-of-bench guys, they're bad. And these teams are picking those guys over Carmelo Anthony, which is saying something.
1: Yeah, I think... You look at and I'm sure I'm not the first person on a podcast to say this, but you look at the difference between Vince Carter's career and Carmelo Anthony's career and how they both were similarly high usage guys, ball dominant guys, big time scoring stars. They did it in a different way. But the end of Vince Carter's career is kind of what the end of Carmelo's career could have been. The end of Carmelo's career has been more Iverson esque where he's just this is how I am. This is who I am, and if you don't like it, forget it, and I'm done. And you've seen the end of Carmelo's career take that similar path. Just all of a sudden, people don't want the headache more than anything. Carmelo could be a very useful player. He could be a back-to-the-basket stretch four if he passed the ball more, if he accepted that role a little bit more, but he doesn't. I think the one thing, Jake, this shows how blinded players are sometimes and, and probably why they shouldn't be voting on things because oh, it's, a lot of we've learned that but, by now. Yeah. Like a lot of players are like, get Carmelo on a team. Like I get it. He, Carmelo in a pickup game situation will drop buckets on people. Still. It's not that he sucks. It's that he isn't accepting everything that he needs to be. He isn't accepting of what 35 year old Carmelo is and that's just it's too much of a headache for a team you know what I'm saying like yeah it's just just not not giving you that production no and it's not worth it and he can be kind of a
0: divisive guy he's a guy that requires the ball in his hands you know those are issues too doesn't fit that modern efficient NBA game of shots at the rim or from three and Jared Dudley is a better three point shooter than Carmelo Anthony is so conceivably in the right situation on the court Dudley's a better basketball player for what you're trying to do. So this was just weird. Look, Royce White, I think, is actually kind of an underrated, important figure in the NBA with the mental health issues. And now they've rolled out some new things with that, requiring the teams to have licensed, I forget exactly what the term they're using is. So he's played an important role in that because he was maybe a little bit ahead of his time for that. I don't get his like sniping and just dragging Jared Dudley's name into this as a thing he decided to do on Twitter on a Tuesday, but <laughs> sure, why not? But I think it goes to reiterate, Melo doesn't have a place in the league. Like, what, what, I think the only situation where you'd want to throw Melo on a team is a really, really bad team without a ton of young guys that maybe just needs to sell some tickets in the second half of the year. Like That's what you're looking for with him.
1: Great. So congratulations, Charlotte Hornets.
0: Yeah, that's like actually maybe. Oh god, that's like the right situation
1: for him, isn't it? Right. That that that's what it would be, but he wouldn't want that. I'm sure he wouldn't want that. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It's a shame because I do believe that he still could have good basketball left in him. But you know, it, sorry. It's and it sucks for Jared Dudley to get the Macho Man flying elbow off the top rope out of nowhere
0: <laughs> poor poor jared dudley on a tuesday just trying to do his thing he's going and, about his
1: daily life and all of a sudden he's like what
0: why am i trending yeah like that's not what you want so and again mellow is unsigned so That'll do it for that topic. Moving on in a minute. But it is almost football season, which means it's fantasy football season. And for all of you fantasy football players out there, you've got to make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Vinny's going to give you the edge with over 20 years doing this, covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same things everyone else is doing. You're not going to win your league that way. Get the edge from Vinny that's going to win you money, win you bragging rights over your friends, and also just not make you laugh and the penalties involved with that. So subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, John, ESPN's got a very cool 30 for 30 podcast series coming out talking about the Donald Sterling situation with the Los Angeles Clippers, which is a big turning point for the league. It's five parts. I haven't gotten to listen to all of it, but I think one of the more interesting things about this is that teams were ready to boycott games that involved Donald Sterling and the Clippers, particularly the Warriors. Is that the right move? The wrong move? Did the league handle this well? Kind
1: of resolving everything. Well, I, I think the players – first of all, I think the players kind of always knew that there was like a, an unsp- unspoken racism around Donald Sterling. That was never really a surprise. That he said these things was never really a surprise. The fact that it suddenly came out and had it was so blatantly obvious that this guy was who he was, the players absolutely – I think we're well within their rights to take this stand and to sit there and potentially walk off the floor during a playoff game. Uh, that would have been a major, major embarrassment for the league. And so I think the threat of that forced the NBA to take a very strong stand I don't know what the NBA would have done without that threat. Maybe they would have done the same thing. I hope they would have done the same thing. But the players, obviously, it's a predominantly black league. It's, uh, it's a group of young men who uh, are role models, and they had the eyes of their community watching them, and they had to take a strong stand. So I, I applaud it. I applauded it then. And I, I think the fact that they were close to walking off the floor, uh, if they had walked off the floor, I would have been all for it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you could really say anything other than throwing your support behind them in this. And I think it was Andre Iguodala had said in this podcast that they were prepared to do like a season-long shutdown if they needed to. And if Adam Silver wasn't really going to handle this as strongly as he probably needed to, I think banning him for life and forcing him uh, forcing a sale of the team was very clearly the right move and what absolutely needed to happen. And you're right. I don't think it was really kind of like a, an unknown thing that maybe Donald Sterling was racist. In some capacity, uh, given a lot of his business dealings in the past and the lawsuits that had come from that. I do think it's a little bit shocking that it wasn't just we're not going to play that team. It's just the league as a whole needs to back us, which is intriguing to think about when you, you know, this is probably a prevailing feeling uh, amongst most of the players on different teams out there. So it's intriguing. This also happened like months into. Adam Silver being the commissioner, which, my God, trial by fire is about as tough as it gets right there. But overall, I think looking back on this, you kind of see it as maybe a bit of a turning point where players realize they had a lot more power than they had previously. And it's a big kind of tipping point for the league in a way.
1: Yeah, look, the players have exercised their power um, multiple times. And this is this reminds me of the 1964 NBA All Star Game story. It was the 14th All Star Game. It was being broadcast on television. This is back when Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, uh, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, these are the the biggest names, some of the biggest names in NBA history. And they were threatening to not come out for that game if they if the owners didn't let the the players unionize. And there's a famous story of uh, an owner coming to knock on the door and saying if you don't if you don't come out you're all fired and Bill Russell basically flipping him off and saying get out of here and they the the owners caved and that's the birth of the players association so the players when they work together can exert their power and they can get things that are important to the league the players association for one donald sterling That is, to me, important in not at the same level as unionizing and getting fair wages and all that stuff. But important in that, like I said before, you can't have a league so dominated by the African-American community have a blatantly racist owner like that, that this is that's that opens up things that cannot even begin to be discussed in a 10-minute segment on this podcast because it, it opens up uh, it, o- long-term racist um, elements that, that have existed since the days of slavery. And to have that element in the league, th- there's, there was no way, no way an NBA player could go out there and play for that guy after all of that stuff had been said zero chance no ab- absolutely basically
0: it was handled well i think is kind of how everyone looks back on this i know the time i uh, basically almost all owners were in favor of booting sterling away i think it might have been mark cuban who wasn't in favor of it not because he condoned what sterling did or didn't find it bad but he did, I think he didn't like the protocol with it all, which somewhat understandable, but I think in general everyone's pretty happy with how this turned out. So if you get a chance uh, when you're not listening to Locked on NBA or Locked on Pelicans or Locked on Celtics, check it out. It's a really interesting five-part series on what went on in this, a big turning point in the league. Now, we're going to get to a little bit of style in the third segment here coming up in a minute. But first, it still is football season starting in just a couple of weeks in college games this weekend. And if you're excited for the NFL, the new Locked On NFL podcast is absolute fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows out there. You get expert analysis from former NFL scat Scout Matt Williamson, alongside host Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on everything you want to know around the league with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. So the Charlotte Hornets, which don't really have a whole lot going for them right now, <laughs> other than looking forward to signing Mello for the second second half of the year, maybe final like quarter of the year, we'll say we don't come on, man, them. get. Get hyped for the Terry Rozier era. Oh, like I even forgot he was on there. Like I thought Dwight Howard was kind of still there the other day. I thought Dwight Howard was a free agent or something and was almost surprised he was on a team. That's how his career has gone. But they revealed some classic throwback uniforms, kind of purple uniforms with the, the teal and green pinstripe, which looked pretty good, uh, going back to when they first introduced these jerseys 25 years ago. So that got me thinking. As very dapper gentlemen, you and I, who sometimes totally. on occasion have thrown on a red dress and run around a city like that before, what are some of the top jerseys out there? So do you have a top five, whether it's current, maybe some throwbacks? I don't care. There's no criteria here who you've got in your top five
1: for uh, NBA jerseys. So I I like a lot of classic things, but um, so... I really actually like the simplicity of the Brooklyn uniforms. I like just the simple black and white, clean Brooklyn. They have a a, a version with the uh, that kooji signature down the side, which is super cool. Uh, very kind of plays into the um, the the borough itself, and and it's like a signature look. Uh, I, I I really like those and and some people like even the that B K L Y N, like some people don't like that but i love it i love that it's that's a common abbreviation in brooklyn that's you see that on signs around brooklyn like that i love it so i think something as simple as that i'm totally in Yeah,
0: that one I I was looking at and I was trying to consider and trying to find a way because, like you said, it's just very simple. It kind of works for him. It looks good on the court, too, and I think it's dark enough that it contrasts really well with everything out there. So that I wouldn't say is on my list, but it was definitely in consideration. But I'm kind of like you where I kind of like these classic, somewhat simple designs. Overall, though, I might have Portland being number one, whether it's the black, the white or the red with just the diagonal stripes. It's three colors. Very simple. It's kind of similar to that. They just look good mm-hmm. to me, I think.
1: Yeah, I I can't argue with that. I mean, Portland's got a classic jersey. Uh, it's It's a it's a great look and it's it's kind of stood the test of time. So that that hasn't changed much. I, I do like Brooklyn's look. Uh, one jer- I am a huge, huge fan of the Golden State Warriors look. that circle in the middle. they have and it works for all of their jerseys. They have the town version. I love the Chinese New Year version. the black with the red trim and the gold and the piping down the side that that oh my god. That is such a great-looking jersey to me. I love it. So, so that's their
0: City Edition. Yeah, that's on my list of top five, too. It's it's the Chinese New Year one. That like little bit of red in there really kind of helps it. And it just looks really good. That's the one that has the bay listed over it. So that's, that's on my list too. I'm also a big fan of the Milwaukee Bucks alternate uniform where you've got their logo right on the chest and then the number's a little bit smaller, higher up on the chest in between the antlers of their newly redesigned logo. That I think looks pretty good. Also, when you can throw Giannis and his name on the back, it's kind of awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I want to do like, they should start doing Giannis on the back instead of Nintendo Kumpo. I think that would be cool. But, yeah, I, I'm totally in on those. Uh, another one of my favorites has been Denver. And I, I like all of Denver's look. I love the old powder blue ones. Those are really cool. But my, maybe my favorite part about what Denver does is, first of all, I like basically all of their looks for the most part. Uh, but I love that they coordinate the floor with their yep. jersey, they have, like, two or three different floors, like, the center of the floor. But, like, they coordinate that with the jersey that they're wearing. Man, that is so cool to me. Like, I I think that's amazing. That might be my favorite overall aesthetic in the league because it makes the jerseys even better to me. Yeah, it's
0: like a whole, like, it's almost like a game day experience depending on what they're wearing for that. So yeah. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Also, yeah, that is kind of cool. You can coordinate your outfit, too, with the court out there if you're heading over there. So in general, I like their uniforms a lot. They're kind of on my list, too, um, which gives me four now. So five is probably going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I like what they've done. I like the the different ways they use the name on there, the different fonts, whether it's that City Edition, which I think now basically has like that rocky sweatsuit gray on it, which I think is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're very classic. Those have largely kind of not been changed that much over the years. Overall, I like those simple, kind of traditional, but newish enough that I can't think it kind of checks all the boxes.
1: You know, I I agree. I actually agree that I, I like the... I'm a I'm a classic. I love the classics and that that fila that like yep, I love exactly I love that look. Like it's just so simple, but it, it works. It works with the entire uh, the the whole thing. Um, I love it. Um, I don't know how many I've picked. I don't know. We've gone have... through a few. Are
0: we in a group? So the ones that I think are the most popular are the uh, Miami Heat, Miami Vice jerseys.
1: Thoughts okay. on those? I am not a fan. What's wrong with you? I it's I know I know, but like next that's thing you're fine. gonna tell us you don't like the Popeyes chicken sandwich too. I I want to go get. out. I can't believe I was in New Orleans and I didn't go to the Popeyes. Um, that's weird. I don't think they had the sandwich then, but it is delicious down
0: here too. By the way.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard that it's just a little bit different down there. I just gotta go back, but I, I don't. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, look, I'm down for a chicken sandwich. Like I'm down for a chicken sandwich, so whatever. I'll, I'm definitely gonna go find one. <laughs> You'll be nah, okay with you've that. You shamed but, me into it. You shamed me into it. But not the Miami Heat, Miami Vice jerseys, I which just don't. It's not. I don't like them. I'm You're sorry. Also,
0: you probably sleep with the temperature set at 82 degrees too,
1: right? No, no. I like. I and I'm not. I don't want to like shit on people for liking them. Like that's <laughs> that's fine if you like them. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna like say they suck. That's fine. I get it. It's just that – I'm not – even though I grew up in the 80s, like, that whole 80s aesthetic, that's not me. I don't like the neon. I don't like all that stuff. It's just – it's just not me. So – That's that's fine. The the, the nostalgia doesn't speak to me. I don't know. Those, if I were picking one jersey, is
0: probably number one. If we're picking kind of sets, I kind of pick it being the other ones tending towards a little more classic. But you got to mix it up a little bit. So, though, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, as well as Locked on Pelicans and Locked on Celtics. And on Wednesdays, I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter.
1: And I'm John Corrales
0: at Reds Army John on Twitter. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with you all next week.